This is part one, and I've titled this The Secret Sauce. The Secret Sauce. Anybody ever want to have the secret sauce to something? You, you think of uh, the secret sauce, you think of, of uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and their secret ingredients, right? The seven secret herbs and spices. I want to know what that's all about because uh, it tastes good when you eat it. I want to know McDonald's secret sauce. What is in that secret sauce? Although I don't really go to McDonald's too much anymore. But back when I was a younger kid, I used to desire, well, how do they make that? But there's, there's always something that there's a secret sauce behind it. How many here would say you're a good chef and you put something together and people are always coming up to you? What's in that recipe? What's in that sauce, right? Come on. Some of you are like that. I know I'm not. I'm not that person, but some of you are. I've tasted and, and seen what some of you can make, and I'm going, I need to know all about that. Well, how do you do that? But in the same way, today I want to talk to you about the secret sauce of life. This is the secret sauce of life. And really, it's living the blessed life. I call this the blessed life series. And for the next few weeks, I want to go on this journey to discover what it is to live the biblically, everybody say biblically, blessed life. It's important that you understand what the biblically blessed life is versus what the world tells you is the blessed life. See, the world will tell you, well, you got to climb that corporate ladder. you got to kick everybody down off that rung that's climbing up behind you and knock them off down so you can get to that CEO position, so that you can be that number one dog in your company, so that you can be that one that makes that you know, six-figure salary, whatever it is, so that you can drive around in that Bentley or whatever, you know, the, the gated community and so forth. That's what the world tells you is living the blessed life. But how many know those people have so many more problems, typically? Uh, if that was truly the secret sauce to life, why are actors and, and sports personalities, people that make multi-million dollars a year, why are they killing themselves? Why are they overdosing? Why are they uh, doing this and that? Why? Because they have not yet found the secret sauce to life. It's not about money. It's not about possessions. It's not about any financial issues at all. It, while that helps, that isn't the answer is what I'm trying to say. Amen? So one of, one of the biggest deceptions or belief systems is that we'll do better with more. Well, Lord, if I, if I only made more of my paycheck. Well, how about this? If you cut back on going out and eating out, maybe you'd make it, right? If I only uh, had a bigger house. Well, what's wrong with the house? You got a roof over your head? You got clothes on your back? You got transportation that got you here? You are blessed and highly favored, let me tell you right now. Because I know people yesterday, Anna and I were driving uh, on our way to, I don't know where, we were going to Concord. I couldn't believe the number of people we just kept running into on the highway, the freeway, that, that were begging, that were down and out. And you don't take those people for granted, don't, because we, we see those numbers increasing all the time now in every community. And it's up to you and I to help people like that, help the down and out. Amen? But yesterday, for some reason, God was just drawing them to my attention. It's like, wow, here and there on the freeway, crossing the freeway even, just dangerous positions. And I've told you about my friend that uh, I grew up with, and he's still living homeless under the Highway 37 overpass where he's been living for, for years now hooked on, on drugs and, 
and he's tried to get clean. He just can't. And seemingly every time he does, he goes back to his old life. And he can't discover, he hasn't discovered what the secret sauce to life is. See, the enemy will confuse you and, th- and have you think that it's drugs, it's alcohol, it's, it's possessions, it's material things. And it's none of those. None of those. Amen. So what I want to talk to you about today is that once you discover God's principles governing stewardship, giving, and blessings, it will transform your life for the better. In all areas, in your relationships, in the church, outside the church, when you have a proper understanding of how God does things. See, the way the world does things is so opposed to the way God does things. Well, what is the very first word a child says? One of the first words, again, that a child says when they're mine. 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 And let me tell you right now, it's not yours. It's not yours. If you, have, if you have a new car, unless you paid cash for it, it's really not yours. It belongs to a bank somewhere until you get a pink slip. If you have a home and you're paying a payment on it, it's not really your home. It belongs to a bank somewhere until you own it outright and clear. We think we have things that belong to us. No, they're just given to you to manage, to steward. Steward, the, the, the definition is to manage it. Amen? So we're all managers. So, so what does it mean to say I'm blessed? I tell people I'm blessed and highly favored. I've heard people say that to me. I am blessed and highly favored. I'm a child of the king. What does that mean? Well, it means this. It means to be blessed in our physical life, spiritual life, and psychological life. It means to have all three components working together in harmony. Amen? That is the blessed life. That is what it means to have wholeness. How many remember being in a place where that wasn't the case? You know, we've all been there. All of us have been there in some place, some time. The opposite of being blessed is to be selfish. No one is a natural born giver. Did you know that? We're not natural born givers. We have to be taught to give. Because again, going back to what the children say, mine, mine, mine. We have to teach that young child, hey, listen, you got to let little Tony play with this. And then you can have it back five minutes later. You got to share. Amen. We have to be taught because we're naturally selfish. Even as adults, we are naturally selfish. But here's the great news. In contrast to that, God is a giver. God is a giver. The the very most well-known quoted verse in the entire Bible, John 3.16, it says, For God so gave the world. He gave him his only begotten son. Amen. So he's a giver. God is a giver. He's not a taker. He wants to give you. He wants to he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants to give to you today the very best that he that he has to offer you. Amen. Amen. But now now we have to be careful because the enemy wants to take. He always wants to take. Just take, take, take. The enemy is selfish and wants you to give him everything. He wants you to give him your soul, your possessions, your money. And this this world that we live in, unfortunately. This, this cycle of, of drugs, of alcohol, of, of addictions goes on and on and on. And it's a powerful, vicious cycle. And only the blood of Jesus can conquer that. How many believe that? Amen. Only the blood of Jesus can conquer that. One of the ways 
we learn to be blessed is to learn to become grateful. How many just right now today can honestly say, I am grateful today, right where I'm sitting. I'm grateful. You know, my my brother-in-law, Martin, touched on it. This is my favorite season of the year, the fall, Thanksgiving in particular, the holiday, because it's it's an opportunity for us to express gratefulness. For the small things, not just the large things in our life, but the very small things. The things that you may take for granted. Don't ever take for granted the fact that you have health, that you got up today. Yes. One brother this morning said, I'm glad I got up. Yes. I'm, I'm alive today. Thank God for that. We take little things like that, which isn't a little thing. We take them for granted. None of us have tomorrow promised. So again, we need, we need to learn to become grateful for this. Now, now listen to this. I want you to grasp this. A grateful heart it was, is what produces generosity in us. Without a grateful heart, you will never learn to become generous. But with a grateful heart, you in turn can learn to give of your time, your talents, and your treasures. The three T's we call them around here. The time, talents, and treasures. See, God wants to ask you, what are you doing with your time, your talents, your treasures? Are you using them in the kingdom of God? Amen? Amen. When we remember what the Lord has done in your life, and how many here are thankful for what the Lord has done in your life, how he's taken you from a past and brought you into a future, taken your sins away, given you a new life in Christ. When when you recall that, then you can... begin to be so grateful because you say, Lord, thank you that I am no longer that old Rick and I am now the new Rick. I'm walking in your steps. I am no longer pursuing the ways of the world, the ways of Satan. And that in turn allows you to become very grateful. Amen. I'm thankful for my family, my daughters that were up here, uh, uh, my wife and daughter and daughters and and uh, my grandchildren. And I'm thankful for each of you. My parents are still alive. They were here last weekend. Amen. 61 years of marriage. How I'm blessed. They are blessed. I'm blessed. But I'm thankful to the Lord most of all for saving me back in my 20s, in my mid-20s. From an eternity without Him. And just like each of you, you became born again believers. Those of you that have accepted Christ into your life. And now you have an eternity to look forward with Him. Amen. Amen. So today, that's what I want to talk to you about, is it's all about the heart. Look at your neighbor and tell him, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. It's the heart. We're going to do some heart surgery today, okay? You don't mind? Okay, I promise you'll all be alive at the end, okay? It's all about the heart. The secret sauce of the Word of God is filled with principles and laws. We all know this. There's so many principles in the Word of God. I want you to turn in your outline, Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38 is where I'm going to be reading. It says this, it says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Did you catch that? Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of unscriptural teaching from that verse, those verses. 
you'll hear preachers saying, well, if you give me $10,000, the Lord will give you a hundred. How many have heard something similar to that? Don't pay attention to those people. They're, they're wacko and all they want is your money, okay? Um, you got to test everything you hear from the pulpit by the word of God. Is the word of God declaring that? Is the word of God declaring that? So what it's trying to tell us here is what is your heart like? What is your heart like? If you're giving judgment, you're going to get judgment back. If, if you're condemning other people, you're going to get condemnation back. If you're forgiving people, you in turn will receive forgiveness. What are you giving? That's what you'll receive back. It's a principle in God's word. It doesn't change. It hasn't changed for 2,000 years and it's not going to change at all in the future. So, so get this. Give to everyone who asks of you. Give to give. So, so how many have ever asked people to help them move? Ever help somebody move? I don't know. I, I guess I'm the blessed one here because I've been asked probably 20 times to help someone move. Over 20 times. And, you know, I, I've well over that. It's been over that. I know my brother has too. We've moved lots of people. And you know why? If you have a truck, they're going to come asking you. That's why. You have a truck. I need some help. So, again... We, we help people. We, we, we're generous with our time. Amen? We give to people who ask of it faithfully. Amen? As a believer, that's one of the qualities that you and I need to have. Okay? Let's just get that right out here from the outset. Give to give, not give to get, as some preachers would unscripturally teach that word. Give to give. In other words... If I'm giving of my time, my talents, or financially, I'm not giving to get. I'm giving to give. Yes. How, many, how many are following with me? How many are tracking with me? Yes. Are you giving to give? So maybe I'm teaching you something you haven't heard yet. Maybe I'm teaching or giving you a different perspective today. But I want you to understand this. The word of God is clear. It wants you to give to give. Yes. Amen. Now, hear this. God doesn't bless giving. Ooh, let me say that again. God doesn't bless giving. He blesses giving with the right heart. Amen. See, anybody can give, Amen. but unless you have the right heart, he doesn't bless it. We think that, well, Lord, I gave, you know, X amount of money and I put it in the offering or I gave to this cause or that cause. So I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blessed now. Well, not if your heart wasn't in the right place. If your heart was complaining, even writing out that check, if you still write out checks, or doing it online, or here texting it, like you can text an offering here, if you were grumbling about it every step of the way, God's not going to bless that. Just keep it. Okay, really, seriously, just keep it. God wants you to be a generous and a grateful giver. Amen. Let it come from your heart. Amen? Amen? Yes. So you need to understand that that giving is to give. It's not to get something when you give. Let, let, let us read uh, Deuteronomy chapter 15. I'm going to skip around a few verses here, but let's start in verse 7. Do we have that up here? Very good. Um, Deuteronomy? We don't have that? Okay, we don't have that. So it's on your outline. Deuteronomy chapter 15, starting in verse 7, says the following. If anyone is poor among you, among your brothers in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. 
Now jumping down to verse 10. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Everybody say a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Oh my goodness, right there. Don't miss that. In fact, I'm going to read that verse again. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. I don't know about you, but sign me up for that right now. I want to be signed up for that, for blessings from God. Amen. This is scriptural right here, people. Listen, verse 11. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Hasn't changed much in our day and age, okay? I'm just saying. Skip down now to verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. See, the Lord is telling us, he's reminding us, hey, where did you come from? What have I done for you? Are you grateful for that? That's what he's truly telling us in these passages. So the question here this afternoon is, do you remember what he's done for you? Are you grateful for that? Are you using your time and talents and treasures to bless those around you? Amen? Amen. So with time running out, I want to go through four points to help you with this. Number one, dealing with a selfish heart. The question is, am I selfish? And only you can answer that. Or better yet, if you're here with your spouse, you just elbow them right now and say, am I selfish? They'll tell you right now, okay? Straight up, because your spouse knows you better than anybody else on this planet. I'm just saying, am I selfish? Do I behave selfishly? Things that, that at times we can all be accused of being selfish, all of us. I don't care who you are, Pastor Rick included. Um, let me, let me uh, just share... When I, when I go to the drive-thru, if we happen to go fast food, I've shared this before, and I want to order at Chick-fil-A that, that, that chicken grilled sandwich, and I want some waffle fries, and then I ask Anna, I look at her and say, Anna, what do you want to order? Go, oh, nothing. I'll just get some of your fries. I'm going like, uh, no, you won't. I want my fries. You, you, you want to get some? Let's just order it. I'll order you some fries. You want some fries? Yeah, but I don't want to eat the whole thing. Well, I don't want you to eat my fries. I can get selfish, just being real, right? That's a reality for all of us. That's a reality. So again, I I talked to you and I mentioned that the first word a child mentions is mine, mine, mine. We're born with this, this natural gift to be selfish. It's a natural gift and we have to be untaught. We have to unteach people this. Men don't want to share their food. Women don't want to share the blankets. They pull them all over. See, I know, I know. Men, I know the struggle is real. And it's getting cold. And we're getting chilly. We, we, we don't want to share our money. You know, our, our, our kids, Dad, can you spot me? Can you give me some allowance? You know, back in the day, it used to be five bucks, right? Remember those good old days? Five bucks. Five bucks don't buy you, buy you nothing now. Now it's 50 bucks. Now it's, can I have 100 bucks? It's like, What? And, and we don't want to share. That, that's our hard-earned money, right? So here's the thing. We have to learn to be, to be generous, amen? Yeah. 
We have to learn to be generous. Number two, deal with a grieving heart. Am I grieving from a grudging heart? In other words, is there something that happened in my past that has hurt me to the point where I can't even be a generous giver anymore? I can't even, I don't want to help nobody. They burned me. They, they weren't there for me. And I'm not going to help them. They don't need my help. They'll get somebody else, whether it be of your time, your talents, and treasures. Oftentimes, we can make the mistake of saying, well, there's always somebody else. You are that somebody else. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I am that somebody else. Yes, you are. Verse 10 in those, two, in those scriptures we just read says this, give, generous, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart and the Lord will bless you in all you do and all you put your hand to. Oh my goodness, that's what I want to do. I want to sign up for that right now. But here's the problem that happens. Selfishness attacks and says, do you really want to do that? I mean, do you really want to go on Saturday morning and go help that person move? You know how hard you work this week. You deserve some time in bed. You need to stay in bed till 10 o'clock this morning and just relax and they get some help from somebody else. I mean, that's what selfishness will tell you. And, and when the shoe's on the other foot and you're asking them for help, guess what? Guess what? You know, the Lord wants to rid us of selfishness. He really does. We're better together when we're helping each other. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. Oftentimes, you may be here on a Sunday and you, you may have dropped in the offering basket. I'll use this as an, as an example. It could be a large sum for you. And you walked away thinking, man, I could have used that. I, our TV is going out and I, I could have bought a new TV with that. Or I needed new, new shoes on my car, new tires, and I could have replaced them. And instead, you start grudgingly, begrudging the offering that you gave. As I mentioned earlier, just keep it. Keep it. If you're, all you're going to do is just complain and complain, keep it. Pastor Rick don't need it. The kingdom of God don't need it. And you'll, let me tell you this. You won't hear preachers telling you this, okay? I'm telling you this. Because the kingdom of God has principles that's what I'm trying to convey to you. How to be generous. How to live with a grateful heart. Amen. Having said what I just said, we do need finances to come in and, and provide the lease. We lease from the open door here and, and all that. But that's not the point of this message. I'm trying to talk to you about 100 bucks. You know, this, this week we, we had our, our tire just blew up. And I, I could sure use, you know, 100 bucks to buy a new tire. But he knows. I just I want to give you I want to give you some money. You sure? Yeah. Just, just yeah. Whoa. Whoa. So that's I don't know if you can see Benjamin from up here. Yeah, we see him. You you see him? Yeah, we see him. Thank you, Reuben. That's my brother. Hey. Amen. Amen. But here here's what's going on here. Let me tell you. I gave this to him before the service. You've, some of you have heard this. The reason why he gave that to me so easily was because it wasn't his. It was mine. It was mine. Now the same thing applies with your money that you have that you think is yours. Is it really yours? No. It's his. Amen. Put that perspective on now. 
Do you see how a change occurs when you realize, wait a minute, you mean the, the check that I just made that I got this Friday or my direct deposit or the car I drive or the home I live in, the apartment I live in, the condo I live in, the clothes I'm wearing today aren't really mine? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. The Lord has blessed you with them. Can I get an amen? amen. That's a great place for an amen. Thank you, Reuben. I was getting worried there, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I want you to understand, God has blessed some of you more than others, and that's okay. Don't ever be jealous of somebody else's blessing, number one. Don't ever be jealous of somebody's blessing. Your day is coming. Your day is coming. Your day is coming. Your day is coming. You will receive a blessing. Amen? Amen. Amen. But developing a generous heart, we have to learn to understand that what we have isn't ours. It's his in the first place. Amen. The reason people grieve when they give money away to church or a special need is because they thought the money was theirs. They thought it was theirs. They thought it was theirs. When God asked for it, have you ever... Been, I'm, I've been in services where the God, God has told me, you need to give a certain amount. Anybody relate to that? And, and I've had the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, you need to give a certain amount, especially when we're visiting a church, when we're at a, at a church and I'm supporting a pastor or something. The Holy Spirit will speak to me. And when you walk in obedience to that, let me tell you, God's blessings will be poured out upon you. Yeah. God's blessings will follow you. Amen? The Bible tells us to give... Well, let me, let me go to this, point number three. How to develop that generous heart? Am I generous? Let me ask you that. Are you generous? And let that question roll around in your mind for a second or two or a minute. Are you generous? I have come to know some of the most generous people I have ever met in my life in this place. Some of you, with your time, your talents, opening up your home, your giving are so generous just blows me away. Uh, amazing, amazing people that I have met in this place. Am I generous? And then secondly, where's my treasure? Where's my treasure? Why that's important is, for example, I, I'm getting up in age. You know, I'm a couple years past 29 now. And I have a 401k. And um, I, have, I have a treasure there, obviously. And at some point, somewhere down the road, I want to begin to use that. Amen. Some of you may be in that similar situation, may have an account, a, a, a 401k or a retirement, a pension plan, whatever it may be, and your treasure is there. You, what that means is you keep an eye on it from time to time, and these days with stocks doing this, you just got to look at it once and walk away, okay? It's long-term, baby. It's long-term. That's all I can say. But again, where your heart is, your treasure will be. Where your heart is, your treasure will be. Our time, our talents, and our treasures, what are you doing with them? Listen to what it says here in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 21, verses 21. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, it's very simple. If you want your heart to be in the kingdom of God, in the eternal things of God, you have to invest into the things of eternity. 
I mean, if you're coming here and, and you believe in this thing called afterlife, eternity, with, with Almighty God, you are a child of the King and you're going to spend eternity with the Lamb, with the, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you're believing in that, invest now. Invest in eternity now. I'm telling you right now, invest now because eternity is forever. Eternity is forever. Do me a favor right now. Everybody just blink your eyes just once and then open them. That's how fast your life is compared to eternity. Just think about that. Your life is over in a flash. It's over in a flash. But eternity never ends. What are you doing now in terms of your heart? What are you doing now investing into kingdom, into the kingdom of God? Amen? Amen. Put the kingdom of God first and your treasure there. See, the more you treasure something, the more you put something into it. If you treasure your marriage, you're going to put something into it. My wife and I, and I teach you this, we go on weekly dates. We go on weekly dates. It's easy to do it now that our kids are bigger, older girls, because you've got to be careful with girls. You can't say big, you've got to say older. <laughs> and now that they're older, we can get away and go on dates anytime we want. But when they're younger, it's very difficult. I understand that. And it can be difficult in the relationship. But let me tell you, you want blessings in your marriage? Date your wife. Yeah, but I already married her. Date her. Keep dating her. Keep dating her. What does that mean? Do I got to take her to an expensive restaurant? No. Just go to the park. Take a walk. If you live in Vallejo like we do, go along the waterfront. Beautiful place down there in the summertime. Just chill in there. What are you investing in? Are you investing in your children? Some of you are amazing parents that I see. Uh, I mean, truly amazing how you invest in your kids. You will reap rewards for that. Amen? You will reap rewards for that. Because where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. Amen. And as I get ready to close this afternoon, I want to ask you to, to uh, go with me and learn how to develop a grateful heart. Learning how to develop a grateful heart. Do you remember where the Lord has brought you from? Think back to when you first got saved. How many like me were saved at some point as an adult? Raise your hand if that was you. If you were ra- saved as an adult. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite a few hands. How many were born into this? How many were born into a Christian home? See, there's some more hands there. Yeah. So... Do you remember those specifically as adults and maybe some of you that were raised in this? But do you recall what the Lord did for you? How he may have brought you out of misery, sorrow, depression into a place that's fullness of joy. Amen. 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 The Bible talks about this place where there's fullness of joy. That's what I want to have. I don't want to just be happy. See, happy is an emotion. Joy is forever. It's eternal. It's eternal. God gives you that when you have a, and develop this grateful heart. Grateful heart. We are to remember that we were once slaves to sin, that the Lord has redeemed us. Those especially that lived a tough life of maybe drugs and, and, or violence and where God brought you out of that 
And then not only did he bring you out, he forgave you. And the Bible says he threw those sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be held against you again. That's amazing. That is powerful. When you remember that, your heart should just exude gratefulness. Gratefulness for what he's done for you. But it's when he hasn't done anything for you, you have nothing to be grateful for. I would think that for everyone here, there's a reason to be grateful. Amen? There is a reason to be grateful. Do you recognize that everything comes from the Lord? Everything. Just another reminder. When you go back out into that parking lot today, when you leave, that's not your car. It's not even the bank of Chase or whoever your title holder is, lien holder is. It's, it's Almighty God's. He gave you possession of that to manage it, to steward it in a responsible way. Just like you manage your household bills. He expects you to manage it in a wise way. Be a wise steward of your finances, of your time, your talents and treasures. Psalms 24 and verse 1 says this, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. There is no place you can go to in this world that does not belong to Him. There is nothing you see that, that, that does not belong to the Lord. It all belongs to Him. He created it all for you and I. Amen? How many know this? All the possessions you may have, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. Have you ever seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? No. And you never will. Because you can't take it with you. You cannot take it with you. Invest now in the kingdom of God. And I promise you, your rewards will be eternal. Eternal in heaven. Amen. Eternal. What the Lord does and blesses you with, whether it's financially, whether it's... um, materialistically, in whatever way that he bless you, it's not for you. It's so that you would be a blessing to those around you. Did you know that? It's for you to be a blessing to those around us. Won't take too much more time, but everyone here that has been a part of this church knows that when we bought that house in 2015, Anna and I promised the Lord, Lord, if you give us that house, that house will be a place of worship. And those of you that belong to this church have been there hundreds of times, I would say. Hundreds of times. Because we've opened that house up so that we could worship. So that we could have Bible studies, men's, women's, children, youth. I mean, we've done it all there at our house. Because it's not my house. It's the Lord's house. And that's why he blessed us with that home. Amen? Amen? Lord, help us to have that attitude of just being generous with the things that you've charged us with. If you would stand with me this afternoon. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would help us to be generous, to be grateful, Lord, and to remember that all the things that you've given us come from you. And that we have much to be thankful for. That if we came in here walking on our own accord, our own power, without any assistance, Lord, we are blessed. We are blessed. 
Father, we thank you for the physical blessings. We thank you for intellectual blessings of being able to think and reason. And Father, that your word gives us wisdom. God, we thank you. Now I pray in that spirit of gratefulness, may we be generous, not only here in the church, but to one another outside these walls. Let us be generous, Father. I pray that for everyone here today. And church, look at me. I have a a homework assignment I want to give you. And I give you these every now and then. But your homework assignment this week is go out and find a need. Find a person. Find a situation. And bless them. And bless them. Now, you may say, Pastor Ray, I don't know anybody right now. Ask the Lord and he will open that door. I promise you. Ask the Lord and he will open something to you. Whether it may be at work. It could be a family member, but I want you to bless them. How? God will speak to you how. God will speak to you how. It may not be financially, but it may be just speaking to them, encouraging them, taking them out to dinner. Maybe in some capacity like that, bless them. Would you do that with me? Amen. Amen. Amen.